think I feel your heart this morning. Spent time together. Me and you. Me and your people. simplicity of Christ this is what you want from us Lord we thank you for the sweetness of the moment help us understand through depths of what comes from this time in Jesus name we pray Amen so this is the point by the way this is it. All the scriptures, the Old Testament, all of the, uh, the, the sacrifices, all of the writings of the word, all of that was for intimacy with God. Is it? It's the point. And, and as Paul wrote to the, to the church in Galatia, he said, I, I, I fear that someone would, would, would slip in and basically corrupt or change your understanding of the simplicity of Christ. And when we go to adding to, adding to, that's where the, that I mentioned last Sunday, the, the desecration of accumulation. We go to adding to what our relationship with Christ is supposed to be and supposed to look like. We go to adding to, well, you're supposed to do this, this, and this. Well, the, the, the point of it all is God wants our heart. I want you to look with me to Deuteronomy. We're going to have it on the screen. Deuteronomy. This is the, 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 the verse of Scripture. How many of y'all seen the Jewish people have a little box on their head? They wear the thing around their arm. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I don't know about, sorry. Some, some of you do. They'll, they'll put a little box on their head with a leather tongue, and they'll tie that on there. And they'll, they'll tie this thing around their arm and got the tassels and they put this deal on their door. We have one on the door of our home. It's called the mezuzah. And in the mezuzah is what is called the Shema. And here it is. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul and with all your strength. Amen? That's the point. That's the point. The point of the whole Old Testament, all the sacrificial systems, all of the, he said, this is what, this is what I want you to get. I want you to get it. I, I want you to put it on your head and on your hand. That's what it says, verse 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. What? That the love of our God is the greatest thing in our life, that we love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, that this love for him, it, it, it's, it's above all other things. Verse 8, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. I mean, that would be a cool tattoo, wouldn't it? That, that's not good. <laughs> it's like line after line. <laughs> uh, don't try that. Don't, y'all don't do that. <laughs> My preacher said, anyway, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What? Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength. Jesus was asked one time, uh, what is the greatest commandment? And he quoted that verse of scripture. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That everything, it all is wrapped up in that. It's all wrapped up in that. So uh, today we're going to be talking about intimacy with God. And, you know, I'll just be real honest with you. Uh, us men sometimes cringe. We cringe at the word intimacy. Like, eh, I don't want to. All in touch with our feelings and stuff. Eh. We, we, we try and shy away from our feelings sometimes, guys. But the manliest man in all the scripture the manliest man in the Old Testament, let's put it that way. The manliest man in the Old Testament, King David the giant slayer. He was so in tune with his intimacy with God that we have the Psalms. We, we, we have so many of his songs that he sang. That he was so in touch with his heart connected to God. And, and, and this was the man who was a mighty warrior. The giant slayer who, who was a general and led armies was a king and God says, but he's a man after my own heart. He's a man after my own heart. I, now, I'm going to say who I believe is the manliest man of all the Bible is Jesus. And if you look with me in John chapter 14, John chapter 14, we see Jesus talking about this very topic. Now, as Jesus was going throughout doing his ministry, he says, by the way, the, the words that you hear me say, they didn't just come from me. They came from my father. And so in John chapter 14, in verse uh, uh, 10, it says, do, not believe that I, do you not believe that I am in the Father and my Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does these works. Believe, it, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So Jesus says, All right, God speaks, and then I do what he says. It didn't originate with me, it originated with God. But he is in such close fellowship with God the Father that the life that Jesus lived was the words that come out of God's mouth. Everybody with me? That's why he's known as the Word. In John chapter 1, he says, in the beginning was the Word. Jesus was the living manifestation of the spoken Word of God. 
And he's living out the very word of God. He is living it out through relationship with God. And oftentimes in the scriptures, we would find Jesus alone on a mountainside or a mountaintop, maybe all night long spending time with his father. And, and it was so powerful that as he is spending time with his father, he would come down. You know he was different because the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to do that because we want what you got. We need to do what you do. But here in John chapter 14, it says, that, let's look in verse 31 real quick. It says, but that the world may know that I love the father. And as the father gave me commandment, so I do. So I do. So he said, father gave me commandment. I do that. Now, then if you look in chapter 14, verse 21, he says, God gives me commandment. I do his commandments. But then he says, I give you commandments. And if you love me, you'll do those commandments. Verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Amen. Y'all got, got to talk to me this morning. Okay. So people sometimes say, well, I got a, I got a little bit of an obedience problem. I have a hard time being obedient to the Lord. Nah, you don't either. You got a love problem. You got a love problem. He says, it is the natural reaction to the love for me that you obey my commandments. Let's read it again. Verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Now, drop down to verse 23. And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him. We're going to come back to the second half of both of those verses of Scripture. But he says... Here's the natural or maybe supernatural response to a love for Christ. And that is we live for Christ. He said, my love for the Father is expressed through my obedience to the Father. That's what Jesus said. And then he says, your love for me is expressed by your obedience to me. And then he says in verse 25, uh, 26, but the helper, everybody say helper. Oh, y'all get, yeah, now you're getting it. <laughs> the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance. And I need that. Amen. Amen. I forget stuff. <laughs> I forget stuff. And he said, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you the things that I said. Amen. He does too. And sometimes it blows my mind. It's like, how did that come to the front of my mind? Because the helper. And I'm glad he does because I need a lot of help. And Jesus says, I am going to go back to the Father, but I'm going to send the helper back with you. And guess what the helper does? Let's read it again. Uh, but the helper, that's good, Brother James. He helps. That's good. I like that. <laughs> he does help. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. He said, I say the things that the Father says. Yeah, you need to catch this. This is a spiritual truth that you need to know that God does everything in order. He does everything in order. There's no chaos with Christ. There's everything in order. He said, Jesus says, the Father speaks, I do it. I speak, you'll do it. And then to help you do it, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who speaks the very things that I spoke. And then he said, the response of love from you to me is you will do the things that I say and then verse 31 then the world is going to know what this love is all about and guess what happens when the world knows what this love is all about they say i want some of that too 
And then the Holy Spirit comes along there inside them and ignites a new life in them. And then they have that intimacy with the Father. And it continues to perpetuate. Amen. So I'm going to give a few little just helpful tidbits and pointers. In that if, if you've never been taught this, this may be all new to you. And you think that the, the, that the, the fullness of a Christian life is attending church. I'm going to assure you it's not. It, this is just an awesome opportunity for us to come and worship and fellowship with one another uh, and, and, and to receive some, some, some meat from the word. But I'm going to promise you, this is not the point. It's not the purpose. You were created for a love relationship with God. That's what you were created for. That's what he's called you to. You, that's your very purpose in life. You were created to love God and, and for him to love you. That's, what you, that's, that's your purpose for existence. And, and, and so I need you to understand that that should be a daily part of your life in which you devote some of your day, especially, I, I like to do it in the morning, but uh, it's a devoted time. Now, we ought to be devoted to the Lord always, but we need to have some devoted time in which we say, undistracted, God, it's just me and you in this moment. And so we, we have all kinds of names for them, private worship, quiet time, daily devotion. But I want to tell you what oftentimes people's uh, devotions look like. I have a demonstration. I'm not a big demonstration guy. I don't always do this. Here's what some people's devotion time looks like right there. It's just fun size. We'll come and read a little five-minute devotional. Oop, check, did it, off and going. And, and it just kinda, it's just kind of sweet but a little bit sad. <laughs> It's just, you know, they call that fun size. That's not fun size. That's not fun size. In fact, if that's fun size, this is not so fun size. <laughs> and so, uh, but, 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 but Snickers, I like Snicker bars. In fact, these were given to me by one of our young men, uh, seeing if he's in the room right now. I don't see him. And uh, it, he was trying to make a case to his parents because they wouldn't let him have all of these <laughs> For, from, uh, for, he couldn't eat them all. So he said, I'm going to give them to Pastor Eric, and then maybe he can argue on my behalf that I should be able to have all these. But I'm going to tell you, this is, this is a sad devotional time. It shouldn't be a devotional time where you just have a little something sweet. It should be a devoted time, which is his. Jesus would come down from the mountaintop and, and spend some time with his disciples, and they said, teach us to do that. They did not say, when we read the scriptures, they did not say, Lord, teach us how to pray. They did not say that. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. But even in Christians, sometimes we reduce that devoted time to a little devotional. And it's sweet, but it's short. <laughs> it's kind of small. It's kind of unimpressive. I, now, here's the, the regular size Snicker bar. When they say, Snickers, what's the, what's the motto for Snickers? Snickers, satisfies. Y'all know the candy? Y'all like, satisfies. That don't satisfy even. I mean, that just make you mad. <laughs> that just make you mad. But if, if, this is, if this is what some of our devotional lives look like, then let's, let's bring it up a notch. But even then, just some little short drop in and give God a little check and say, Lord, here I am for the moment. And then there's rushed on out, where if it's rushed or, 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 
uh, hindered or disturbed, can you really hear the heart of God? That's what he really wants from us. And so let's not just rush in and rush out. Let's not just read a little devotion, but let's really, let's do this, all right? Amen. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be some quality time in the, presence, the sweet presence of God. Amen. Now, this one, it says divide and conquer. That means I'm supposed to share with you, but I don't know. So, I don't, but, but here's, what, here's what I know. Sometimes we'll just want to have a little sweet devotional time in our Christian walk. God says, Here, here's it. Jesus teaches to pray. He says, when you pray, not if, when you pray, go to the secret place. Get alone in your closet. That's what he literally told them. Get in the closet. This is interesting because I've been to Israel a lot. I work in a first century village and they don't have closets. <laughs> they just, they didn't have clothes like we had. They didn't have, you know, I got, I got a closet and it's, got, it's full of stuff. And, and they, they didn't have that kind of closet. But they had, a, he said, get somewhere to where you'll be undisturbed, unhindered, and not rushed. And get in the presence of God. Get in the presence of God. I want to encourage you, if you don't have a daily time in the presence of the Lord, start one. And here's some pointers and tips how to do that. You need to plan it. You need to plan it. You need to plan that. For me, it's the first thing in the morning. And the first thing in the morning, uh, whether I'm here, whether I'm uh, traveling, wherever I'm at, I'm going to spend the first part of my day with the Lord. Now, at the house, normally, I've got a, a room that I go to in my office. Is, uh, there's a particular chair, and there's a candle in the window because it's always day, uh, dark, but when I get up, and so I'll get in there and I'll light that candle and I'll just have some time of just quiet. Not a word. I just want to sit in the presence of God. I want to get my heart harmonized to his. And, and, and I, may, I may play a little praise song, the song that, that Brother Dean just sang, Linger. I play that one a lot. I play that one a lot. I'm the only one awake and I'll just kind of keep it quiet and peaceful. But my purpose is to spend intimate time with my father. I want, I want to, to harmonize my heart to his. Because I'm going to go out into this world, and I'm going to, and you do too, we're going to go out, we're going to do our work, we're going to do whatever we do, and, and, and basically we're playing this instrument. We're playing this instrument to the world, and this instrument ought to be in tune. Right? When's the best time to tune an instrument? Before or after? Before. So I start my day off trying to harmonize my heart to his. And so I'll sit there in his presence and, and so I need to, you need to plan it. Now, keep it fresh because I believe, I believe that the greatest enemy of intimacy is routine. Are you with me? Has anybody ever just kind of cooled off in your time with the Lord? If you've done it at all, you will, you will be honest with me and say, yes, I've cooled off. Why? Well, because it just got in a rut. Did the same thing over and over again. The greatest enemy of intimacy is the routine. If you just continue in a repetition, and, 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 and please, when I, say, when I speak of religion in a negative tone, uh, here's what I mean by that. Religion is the routine, the ritual, the rules and regulations. That's just religion. 
if the, the extent of your walk with Christ is showing up every Sunday to church, and then you got your checklist Christianity where you, I did this, I did that. I grew up with, a, with little envelopes in our church seats in the back of a church pew. We had a little envelope, and every week you would check off, brought my Bible, asked a friend to church, read my Bible daily. Everybody, yeah, we had that. It was literally a checklist. But if you've reduced God to a checklist, you have failed to understand that what he really wants is your heart. What he really wants is your intimacy. And so if you rush in and rush out, if you're all distracted thinking about what you're going to do for the day, you're missing the very thing that he created you to do. And it's more about being than it is doing. And so Jesus said, get in your closet. And start it off, and he gives us a format, not a formula, a template. Not, not, it, it's not uh, that you repeat this prayer, but he started off saying, Our Father. That's intimacy. That's what he wants from us, is our hearts and our intimacy. And so I, I start off my day in that, that quietness. Now, as I said, you, you got to change it up sometimes. If you begin to realize it's cooling off. Now, literally, for me, it has cooled off. And it has uh, become my favorite time of the year, and it is deer season. So, <laughs> my days now start not in that little office with the candle. It's 20-something foot up in a tree with just me and God. And it's the sweetest devoted time that I have all year long. I'm sitting up there, just me and God, looking at all of his creation. And if just the right creation walks out, I'm going to blow it away, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it is just a sweet time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Keep it fresh. Maybe it is that it's starting to cool off and you just need to have a walk around time with the Lord. And just have a conversation with God. But just keep the sweetness of the intimacy. Jesus says, here's the order of things. God speaks, I do. I speak, you'll do. Holy Spirit will help you in doing that because you're not God. He is. So he'll help you in that process. And then look at verse 31. He says that the world may know that I love the Father as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. He said, so as I do it, they know it. As you do it, they'll know it. He said the world will know you by your what? Love. He told the world, he told his disciples that when he washed their feet, he says, I've loved you and I've shown you my love. He said, you do this for one another. The world will know you by your love. And so as they come to know him, they will come to love him. Amen. Now I want to back up to verse 23. This is some powerful stuff right here. Jesus answered, no, 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 verse 21, I'm sorry. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And catch this. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and catch it and manifest myself to him. Amen. My response of love for God, uh, God the Father, for Jesus Christ, as I do his commandments. I live it. Okay? Are you with me? His response to my response. Y'all tracking? His response to my response, he says, I show up. Manifest myself. How does he manifest himself? How does, what is it to manifest something? It is when the invisible becomes visible. 
The intangible becomes tangible. Those which are just concepts and, and ideas become reality. Jesus says, when you love me and you begin living out that love for me, I'm going to show up in your presence. And if you didn't catch it on that verse, look at verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Amen. Amen. Everything we do at this church is for the purpose of growing in intimacy with God. It's the purpose behind everything we do. We ask our people to do three things. We, we, we know that we have a purpose behind every service, everything that we do, every activity. And the purpose of this service is that people come to know God. Morning service, Sunday morning service for people to come to know God. Why do I want you to come to know God? So that you can have intimacy with God. Because that's what he wants from you. The second thing we do, this is what we call know God. Second thing we do, we have small groups. And in those small groups, it is the most it's the best time to grow in your Christian walk and to understand scriptures. You can ask questions. You can do life together in our small groups. And, and, and it is for people to grow in God. So what's the first one? No God. God. Second one, grow in God. And why? Because as you grow in God, you will become more intimate with God. Everybody with me? By the way, today, after this service is over, immediately after this service is over, we'll have our step one class. And our step one class is to, to, if you're interested in becoming a part of this body, you need to know more about us. And you can, you can find out the basic principles of what we believe and what we live. And you can join uh, us, if you'd like, right after this service. We call it step one class across the hallway. All right, so know God, grow in God. The third one is flow with God. As God begins living out his life in you, as the Holy Spirit begins to flow through you and you begin serving the Lord out of the overflow of that relationship, guess what happens? I become even more intimate with God. When I co-mission with Christ, I become even more intimate. So whether it be know God or grow in God or flow with God, at the center of all of that is for the intimacy with God. Amen? Amen. It's the purpose behind everything. It's what you were created for. And Jesus says it will be the natural or supernatural result of your love for me. And so I want to I just remind our, ourselves that, that when we think about our devoted, devoted time, not just a devotional time, yes, this is nice and sweet, but give your all to the Lord. Let him have your heart. Share that time in intimacy with the Lord. And here's what I'm going to do. I want my life. I want my life to be such a one of sweetness with the Lord that people look at my life and they say, what you got? What you got? That looks good. Man, don't that look good? Oh, man. Ah, don't lose none of it. <laughs> I, I want, uh, what y'all are going to want to do when you leave here is go find the first snooker bar you can find. <laughs> I, want, I want to be uh, uh, living a life where, where people say, mm, I want some of that. Mmm. Don't you wish you had some of that? I know you do. 
Oh, man, that's so good. I still had some peanuts back there from the first service. <laughs> Let our lives be such lives that people say, I want, what I, I want some of what you got. I've done this before several years ago. I had some people come up the next service. They, I don't know how many people said, as soon as church was over, I went and got a snicker bar. <laughs> Can I tell you that that devoted time with the Lord is so good and it's so sweet that you're going to want some of it. You're going to want to spend time in his presence. I got to see what I'll, I got to make sure I don't give away too many, but um, I better keep that one. I'm keeping that one. <laughs> yeah, I am. But I, I, want, I want you to have what I got. I want you to have that. Mm, man, he's good. Here's what the Bible says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. How do I do that? How do I taste God? That's just weird. You internalize it. You receive him unto yourself. You spend time just savoring him. I remember one time when I was a little kid, mama didn't do this whole lot. She brought me home some candy. You, can you imagine why she would do that a whole lot? She brought me home some candy. And I knew this was a limited supply. <laughs> this is gross, but. <laughs> what I do, it was like gummy uh, strawberries or something. They were delicious. And I ate one like, oh my gosh, there's only five in this package. So I would lick that thing. And then I would set it on the, on the, on the dresser and let it dry out. <laughs> and after it dried out, next time it was just as good. Amen. Uh, well, let me tell you, the sweetness of the Lord is not in limited supply. You don't have to let it dry out. <laughs> Taste and see that the Lord is good. Continue drawing near to him. Father God, I thank you so much for sweetness in your presence. And Lord, it's not just that, that we want it, that you want it. You want it from us more than we want it from you. Lord, I pray that you would help us the hunger for the right things with hunger and thirst for righteousness and we would hunger for you Lord not the junk food of this world we eat of the junk food of this world we feel like we're satisfied it, it don't even come close to the true bread from heaven it's you that we need I'm in your presence quality and quantity undisturbed unhindered uninhibited and we would share our hearts with you you said cast all your cares upon me for I care for you may that be our lives that our daily walk is just from the overflow of our intimacy with you. It's the simplicity of Christ. It's the one thing that if we get that one thing right, 
everything else will fall into place. But we can do everything else and miss this one thing and miss it all. Lord, let us not miss it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's rise. We have this time of worship, an intimate time. I would encourage you, as many who will, to just come down to the altar and just spend time. Spend time with the Lord.